your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Got to bring John Havlicek on as you guys are facing two more wins and you get an NBA championship here. <laughs> I didn't even do my homework. I just like, oh, yeah, Boston Celtic joke. Got to do it. Uh, nope, not wrong, John Havlicek. John Havlicek I have on is the former, essentially, Teachers Union president, lacrosse education area foundation <laughs> association. <laughs> lacrosse educators association. Lacrosse, there's lacrosse a education association. Uh, I didn't want to look at it because I knew if I looked at it, I was like, there's four letters. No, there's only three. Lacrosse Education Association president. He uh, he's retired from that now. Resigned uh, in disgrace, I believe. What was the what was the controversy? Yeah, I was exhausted. Exhausted. As, <laughs> and and that's one of the things you know. Not just not just you're exhausted from you know just having to do that on top of everything else. But uh, teachers in general are probably exhausted. But the, if you want to be specific, I don't know. That seems selfish. Lacrosse teachers are exhausted. Oh yeah, well us on Alaska teachers are exhausted right. too. I don't know, and because we're in lacrosse and we pay attention more to the school, just because there's only so many of us, and uh, you know if something happens in another school board meeting or at another school, we might get word of it and 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 dig into it a little bit. But we're paying, we're watching the lacrosse school board meetings, and the fight right now is over teacher pay. Do you pay attention to? Is the same thing going on in the surrounding school districts, do you know uh, of? Yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of ebbs and flows. You know, so like right now, um, depending on what you mean by surrounding, but I've got a lot of friends in Madison. And Madison, you would generally think, is pretty progressive, um, very supportive of their educators and so forth. And they're having the exact same uh, discussions that we're having. Um, on the other hand, you've got, um, districts like Holman and Onalaska that, you know, stood by their teachers um, a little bit more fully and quickly and offered them the 4.7 and so forth. Um, and a lot of districts around the state have done that as well. And so, you know, it kind of varies. Waterfall effect, maybe? If a couple districts do it, then, hey, if they're doing yeah. it, we should do it. Sometimes, like, that's probably the hope. Sometimes, you know, um, if you think back to, like, the mask mandates, um, Lacrosse was the first uh, district out of the, out of the gates there um, this fall. And then other districts. To get rid of it. Uh, no, 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 to have the mask mandate. Oh, so the, a, couple fall, a couple of falls ago. Uh, well, the fall of 2021, when we came back. Oh, okay. And there was discussion as to should we or should we not have a mask mandate. And I just kind of said, like, I personally said, you know. Oh, like, because school wasn't in. Yeah, I was correct. thinking, like, you're, you're, you're off. But, oh, yeah, we, we didn't go. We didn't do the schooling in school for a year, too. Right. And yeah. so then we just kind of, like, I personally just said, hey, you know, like, I'm going to have a mask mandate in my classroom. And if parents and kids squawk, we can, we can have that kind of that debate. Um, and the administration then, like, I think did the right thing by the by the staff and by the children and by the community to try to keep the rates down by having that. Um, and then other districts kind of got on board, whereas until we had come out, most of the other districts were wavering. So, All right, so coming up, 
there's two different dates here. So now that I look now that I look at this, so June fifteenth, a couple of days from now, mm-hmm. uh, essentially teachers, people support teachers. There's a little rally ha- happening. Is that June fifteenth or is that June twentieth? Because there's a June twenty, so and there's the, a June fifteenth. The <laughs> June fifteenth is uh, a good day of action for us, and I believe June twentieth is going to be the rally um, in the park. Okay, but those dates are still kind of fluid. You know, I know Jesse is organizing that. Uh, so, so if anyone wants to support the teachers right now, I have. Uh, they could certainly, if somebody wanted to show their support, they could absolutely go to the uh, school board meeting. Yeah. Um, you know, next uh, next week Monday, I guess, because they're pretty much every other Monday. Yeah. Um, well, can you can you, just, can can you describe the atmosphere of the the school board meeting last week? Last week Monday, right? Yeah. yeah. Last a week ago, um, you know, you posted some pictures. A lot of red mm-hmm. shirts. Yeah. Uh, that's your colors, Lacrosse yeah, Education red red. Association. The red shirts. Um, I don't know. Has anything? I'm sure it's happened in the past, but in the recent past, I guess, like where where that many people show up and and we're all talking about the same thing, or we're all supporting. Not not in the last six or seven years. Um, a few years ago, we had a very contentious um, bargain with the district, um, and it didn't really work out in our favor. And so, um, we're hoping that we don't have a repeat of that of that result this year. But is yeah, this an issue- every year thing when teachers are talking about it's literally every year? It is. Oh, okay. That seems – I just never thought about it before. Seems frequent. Yeah, that seems like a lot. It, yeah, that's – well, that's after Act 10 in 2011. Um, it used to be we signed a two-year contract. Okay. Uh, that's no longer the case. We signed one-year contracts now. Does that make your – is it better or worse to do it every year for you guys, do you think? Um – I mean, this year would seem better because if you did, if you signed the contract two years ago, you'd be like, "Whoa, we need to re, we need to renegotiate yeah. this year because look at all, all how the world's changed." Yeah, so you know, I mean, it's a good and a bad. It 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 certainly allows for more timely changes in things. Um, you know, that's one of the problems that we're having this year is that there's been such an escalation over the last maybe eighteen months of the inflation and the consumer price index and so forth. Um, but that's why we're having such a problem uh, coming to agreement on this. It would be interesting if they, like, you just, you get your raise, whatever you want. What are you, what are the teachers asking, 4.7%? Yeah, we're asking for what we would consider to be a CPI, con, uh, consumer price index. Even though that thing is at, like, 7 or so now, right? Or it, 8 now, or it maybe is, it's 9. It is. It, <laughs> we're, all, we're always a year behind. Let's just say you got 10%. Let's just say in, a, in some <laughs> dream world you got, like, the the the... Whoever the sure. entities is at the school district, is, like essentially the school administration decides this, not yes. the board. Uh, the board is the in the end, the board are the ones who, who say yes it. or no. Okay, so all the entities say yes, you get a ten percent raise. Yep. Next year you come back. Let's just say this whole inflation, like it all settles down. Mm-hmm. Like all, so, your what is it CPI, where you negotiate the yep. essentially the inflation rate. I'll just call it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a. The way, the way teachers adjust pay based on inflation, the CPI comes back down from its, if mm-hmm. it's at seven or eight now, let's just say it drops. I don't know if it can so, drop. Let's say sure. it just goes negative. I don't know if that's so, possible, but um, like everything, everything yep. rests back to what it was three years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. Would you get pay decreases? Well, so if it's, a, so you got to understand the way the inflation works though. So if let's just pick one item, item A costs a hundred dollars. Yeah. And then next year costs a hundred and two. 
and then 104, and then 106, it almost never goes back to 100. Right, that's what I'm saying, in some dream scenario. Because at that point, you'd have to have like a negative 6%, which just doesn't happen. So the CPIU a couple of years was, you know, 0.15 or something, which was ridiculously low. And that's, in fact, what we got. Okay. So, I mean, we got literally so it has kind of happened it has it has and so because inflation's so high right now and mm-hmm. it wouldn't happen but i'm just saying in the most ridiculous scenario like yep. in a year or maybe two years from now if you got your 10 percent raise which would be yeah. crazy yeah uh if if this went back down to zero or maybe it went negative so the hundred dollar thing all of a sudden it costs 95 dollars in some wacky scenario would would teachers ever get a pay cut would you go nope now you got to go back down well, to the hard, so I, I don't know if that's ever happened <laughs> the hard part is is that isn't why it's happened it's yeah. already been happening Yeah, if for any number of reasons. You know, so if the district has a shortfall, I mean, this was Act 10. When the district has a shortfall, they have to do something. Yeah. And so, you know, we haven't had a negative salary, like a decrement, um, but. Yeah, and you've, been, you've have, only been around 32 years, I think. So. <laughs> 24, but yeah. Oh, is it? Why do I think 32? I don't know. Okay, sorry. But, I just really aged but you there. In, instead, what happens is is we get more work put onto us. Yeah. Or we get insurance changes that cost us more money. So even if the salary doesn't go backwards, things like our insurance benefits go backwards. Yeah. Yeah, so that's always we, interesting because you know, your salary, the insurance, your benefits, the quote-unquote benefits, right, are hmm? not that they're be- – well, they kind of are. <laughs> I don't know. Are, For me, they're they're benefits. They're not know, actually would, benefits. But like no, health insurance and stuff, sure. all are lo- – well, when I quote them, I don't mean they're – "Quote unquote benefits, like okay. man, your benefits." Oh yeah, I mean their total compensation. Yeah, the way everything gets it. lumped into that. So mm-hmm. if the health insurance costs skyrocket, your Correct. salary doesn't. Your salary it, it, takes a hit there. Yes, it, yeah. absolutely. Our total compensation takes a yeah, hit. Yeah, so absolutely. then you actually are getting a pay decrease yes. based on some of this, and stuff. so that's why. The, which is trying, which is what you just explained, but I had to talk. <laughs> I had to walk it out. Well, but that's why it's so hard when you know, like this year, they're offering us a almost a three percent inflationary pay cut. We will suffer the effects of that for the rest of our careers. You know, whoever is is continues to teach, because the cost of things generally doesn't come down. So if inflation next year goes to zero, that item that was a hundred dollars and is now a hundred and six or eight or whatever the number is, yeah. it stays there. Yeah, you know, and our salary then has been lagging behind it for every year after that. Right. That's John Havlicek. He's a Central High School Spanish teacher for yep. 24 years, not 32. Are you going to make it to 32? It's a long years? way away. <laughs> uh, he's the former lacrosse area, lacrosse education association uh, president. They're essentially the teachers union president. Anyway, way late for a break. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608. 785, there we go. 7914 is the talking text line. John Havlicek's in here with me. He's a Central High School teacher, former shooting guard for the Boston <laughs> Celtics. Just kidding. Uh, too soon. Uh, John Havlicek, the Boston Celtic. He's deceased. Uh, not that long ago. Um, did you see this video on Facebook? I, I, I don't have it in front of me now. Here we go. I mean, I, I know you saw it, but did anyone else see this video? I think it ends up, uh, it's on our KQ98 Facebook page, I believe. Uh, we shared it there, but uh, you, and you automatically knew where this video was. But we a little bit of flooding today, I would say in the cross, yeah. uh, a little hard rain, and uh, somebody's. What, what did you say? Is Losey? That looks like the corner of I think Market and Losey. I think that's the cemetery on Losey right there. Oh yeah. Person driving on the sidewalk probably um, 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the, and you said it was kind of the low point in that area. That, so that's that, where that area gets flooded, yeah. all the time. And, uh, so somebody's driving down Losey is recording another person driving what looks like a Ford focus. Maybe it looks like yeah, it could man. be a Ford focus silver car, uh, down the sidewalk right in front of the cemetery. Uh, and then they must figure out like, Oh, I don't know. What do you think there? Do you think they're, Oh, I think that the, the water, I mean, the water's very, very low. At one particular intersection. Yeah, I would have liked to have. I would have liked to have like four seconds before this this started because are they pulling out here? Are they pulling out and turning right onto the sidewalk, or have they been going adjacent with the traffic the whole time because they're driving down the sidewalk? So I did send the video to the Lacrosse Police Department (laughs) and just ask like, hey, like what's what's going to happen to this person because it's on video and. Uh, they can't be. You can't be driving down the sidewalk. I would imagine the police are probably yeah. going to give them a, a good probably, stern talking to. Probably shouldn't be filming while you're driving. Either. Yeah, this other person. <laughs> I'm not to cast aspersions. Yeah, well, and it it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Well, like, like, where is that? Going. Is that passenger seat of the car oh, though? That could be. That could be, could sure. be passenger sure. in the car. Hopefully, hopefully. I always when I film and drive, I put my <laughs> phone way over here. No, I don't film and drive. What are you okay. talking? No, I don't actually. Um, but if you do put your to make it more difficult for you to film and drive by making it look like the passengers <laughs> filming, or or a simpler solution, don't don't do it. Don't yeah. do it at all. So yeah, just a pretty pretty uh, interesting. Uh, and then she puts in the uh, in the in the description there a plus for ingenuity. I don't know if that is. I I feel like you could have been more, could have done more there. So. Um, haven't got word back from the police yet, but I will make the assumption that they are say, going to say that it's frowned upon to drive on the sidewalks in La Crosse, even if it's flooded, even if the roads are flooded, and probably they're probably going to seek this person out and give them some some stern talking to. Yeah, it's not going to go well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a little little nuts. Don't drive down the sidewalk, although. Likely nobody's walking down the sidewalk at that no, point in, in a rainstorm. And if they are, you wouldn't see them. That's kind of the point. Uh, all right. Very, very interesting video. I was going to say funny, but sensitive training has said, no, that's not funny. Uh, KQ98 Facebook page. Check it out. Um, all right. John Havacek's the Central High School, longtime Spanish teacher there. Do you, do you like it when I do that instead? Long time? That's, is that yeah, better or worse right. than 24 years? You know, I kind of just roll with it. My I students mean, make fun of me for being old all the time. Yeah, and you you were telling me uh, so the end of the year is probably always like a like a woohoo summer. I think maybe <laughs> teachers do that. I'm not sure because uh, I think you guys talking to the teachers uh, union president now, Jesse Martinez. Yeah, teachers get summers off kind of, um, but also uh, you lose all your students, right? They they all graduate or they you know Sometimes. you might you might not lose all of them, but you're losing some of those people that have been with you. Um, what what kind of what kind of things have students given given you a maybe grief for, or maybe oh. <laughs> maybe given you grief literally, like made brought you to tears, like happy grief when when like what kind of things over the over your time have students done when they leave and sure. they they, you, they meant you meant a lot to them sure. and how have they shown that to you? Um, I guess a couple that really stick out. Um, I've had you know, and I have multiple kids from the same families quite a bit. Uh, one year, I was over at a friend's house on the 4th of July, and we were just sitting at the kitchen table having something to eat, and there was a knock on the door, and uh, the guy turned around, he's like, you know, hey, profe, there's somebody out here looking for you. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> Who even knows that I'm here? And the next-door neighbor was a, a student of mine, 
And they had gathered about 20 of their friends together, and they had all graduated, and they were doing this uh, like a sparkler for the 4th of July as kind of this, like, we're all headed off to college, and we don't know if we'll see each other again. Okay. And they came and got me to do the sparkler with them. Okay. So that was kind of touching. Yeah. You know, that was kind of funny. Um, then another kid. Did we figure out why they knew you were over there? My car. <laughs> okay. They oh, they my saw car. your car. Because yeah. um, you drive like a big F-350 with no, smokestacks on it? No. No. Um, but I park in the school a lot every day. Right, so I got you. Um, and then another year, um, this was kids that were like my current students at the time. Uh, for my birthday, they started, um, do you call it photobombing? When they'll print 100 copies of a picture of me. And printed up in my classroom. Okay. And they got, like, the custodians to let them in before school one year. And they put a picture of, uh, and this is maybe more of a visual joke, but it is what it is. They put a picture of Uncle Fester and then a picture of me. Yeah. And and by avoiding any legal issues, put a question mark and put twins separated at birth? Question mark. <laughs> and just all over your classroom? Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, and that group, they did something every year on my birthday. Uh, they put them, they put different ones around school and, and it was funny. It really was funny. Yeah. And so then the parents would be like, so profe, how was your birthday? Like, <laughs> uh, your kid was involved, wasn't she? Yeah. And so I, and, and the fun thing is like those types of kids that, that you develop that relationship with, I still keep in touch with them. Yeah. That was my next question is Absolutely. Like, like then you you get to see them uh, some of them because you've been around for twenty four years you get to see them grow up and they turn into probably some of them teachers of themselves or yeah, yeah. <laughs> right oh, yeah I have something like um, I counted it up one year I have thirty or forty of my former students are teachers in lacrosse oh wow that's a lot yeah okay how many of those thirty or forty have quit in the last two years <laughs> disturbingly <laughs> high number yeah um, that's John Havacek he's the Central High School Spanish teacher he's the former Teachers Education Association president or the Teachers Union president uh, joining us we're going to talk about I, I still want to do the the school's consolidation mm-hmm. uh, there's probably a little bit more to be had with teacher pay and then I just kind of brought it up and this is all they're all kind of intertwined um, I'll, I'll call it the teacher exodus I don't know sure. if Lacrosse School District has had a teacher exodus but you could probably uh, speak to that uh, first, we got to go back to the news. Brad, going to do that, but Scott's comment coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. John Havlicek's in here. He's the former Teachers uh, Lacrosse Education Association president, teacher union president, uh, central high school teacher. All right, let's just do – I always like to just do Spanish stuff with you, and this is the conversation we had off the air, but um, – like how beneficial is just fluent in another language? Do you would you say when you graduate or when you go on to just uh, like how beneficial is? Is there a way to put that on? Is there a way to like quantify that? Um. Well, it depends on where you're looking for the benefits. If you're talking financial benefits, absolutely. They talk about people that speak a second language in the business world um, do make more money. Um, they talk about uh, they have more opportunities to work in a wider variety of jobs. Uh, even if you wouldn't necessarily think so, uh, because these opportunities pop up. You know, um, I had a former student of mine who's a pharmacist, and every once in a while he'll shoot me an, uh, an email or a Facebook message saying, hey, what about this, what about this, and that he kind of became the de facto go-to guy for dealing with Spanish-speaking um, customers or patients yeah, or whatever you call them. Customers, at yeah. And, you know, 
he he was a really really good student. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know that he took any college Spanish. And but he was the one who had the most experience in their office, and he's then kind of run with it and improved his his abilities and so forth. Yeah. Um. So that was certainly a good thing for him. They've also done studies even with like very very young children, and you know people that do like like scientific research. You know, um, where even as young as eighteen months, that they can see more advance in their brain development in children that are raised bilingually um, than children that are not. And, I mean, it's, it's like, noticeable. It's yeah, it's like lifting weights and, for the brain, so to speak, is, I think. It is. So, and they've done some studies with school-age children as well. There was one out in, uh, uh, I think it was Arizona, where they had a school district. Um, they got some districts to volunteer to to teach Spanish, and it was like 30 minutes once a week for the first graders, 30 minutes twice a week for the second graders, and so forth. And they could find the time wherever they wanted to find the time in mm-hmm. their school day. And then they tested the kids um, at the end of the first semester and then had them start the Spanish in the second semester and then tested them again at the end of the, the second semester then so they could see if there was gr- you know more growth in the, the groups of kids who got the Spanish. And there was. And so what they found was that there were there was more improvement in their language skill English language skills and their math skills as well. There was actually more growth in math. And then there was one subset that they hadn't accounted for was one of the schools took the extra thirty minutes out of math time. And that group actually also outperformed the control group. In math learning. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, I mean, like we were saying, you know, your brains are, our Pro- brains, your brain are wired to speak more than one language. Probably firing the math teacher there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not to take anything away from the math teacher. But, yeah, so, I mean, the studies are pretty clear. It just comes down to, you know, is it politically uh, acceptable and is there the funding for it? Right. So, the do you, your opinion, in your opinion, would... Spanish be the most beneficial language to learn? Is Are other languages catching up? Do you, um, do you look no. into this stuff at all? Yeah, I, <laughs> I do. Um, so as far as the language ability and the effect it has on your brain, it doesn't matter what language. If we're going to talk about, like, where is it more applicable in a job, then it's going to really depend on where you're going to work and what kind of job you're going to have. Yeah. And, you know, yes, there are a lot of native and non-native Spanish speakers here in our country. Um, that being said, you know, whether you speak, uh, any second language versus a different one, um, that's going to open up opportunities for you. Yeah. Cause I watched the show Serenity. I think that's the movie. I can't think of the show now that I can't think of the show, but it's a futuristic cowboy show, but everyone speaks Chinese and okay. English there. So maybe Chinese okay. would be the one to, yeah, well, based we have, on this sci-fi we show. We also have a Chinese <laughs> program here in the school district. But just in general, like if. If we we should be teaching kids how to speak another language, yes. starting at like kindergarten, one, first grade, zero, yes, <laughs> one, yes, like uh, preschool. But we don't do that. Like, no. could we do that? We could do that by district, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like the school district could decide. While well, we're fighting for all this other stuff, teachers' pay and sure. uh, consolidation of high schools. Right. Also, we should be like you. Well, we did have that. We had one elementary school that was what they call partial immersion. And so the kids got instruction in Spanish for maybe three hours a day. And it wasn't like how to speak Spanish. It yeah. was 
you know, science or math. Yeah. But well, Jesse Martinez, the right. he, he does, does something that. about that with he that now, that. right? Yeah, yeah. Jesse does that. Yeah. He, Jesse Martinez, the, ter- the the current uh, teachers union president. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was trying to describe that to me, and then I just didn't have enough time to like <laughs> actually like. I just need to sit down and be like, you do this where and when? But is it North Northwoods does that? He, well, Northwoods did it, and okay. they've transitioned out of that, and now they're what they call international baccalaureate, um, which I'm not an expert in. Yeah. Um, and then those kids that were matriculating through Jesse has at uh, Logan Middle School, and the last group is probably going through. Um, right about now, frankly. Um, what about just instead of doing a language, we just did music, and you had to learn to read music and we do play, like at at zero or you know at kindergarten. Oh, well, you know what I we, mean? Well, sure, but the kids have music instruction in starting in pre K. Oh, okay. They so have, it's a mandatory type deal. Yeah, I mean they have. I, I don't know what the minutes are and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, but they have music instruction by their regular classroom teacher, and eventually they get as they get maybe second or third grade. They would have music instruction by a, a music teacher. Um, they get art. They get uh, physical education. Do you think this changed since, uh, like, the 90s? Because I remember having music class, but there is no way I ever learned how to read music. I just didn't. Well, you know, they had... This note goes to the top, so I'll be higher here. Yeah, <laughs> no they, you know, they certainly had um, the regular classroom instructor in maybe the kindergarten. Yeah. Um, also could teach music. But when, you, was, when you're talking about the studies and the kids' brain yeah. development, I bet I bet music would be very similar to learning another language in terms yeah, of because it's kind I of the same. There, there is research on that, but you'd have to ask the music teachers right. for that. I'll have to bring a music teacher. Well, when they get to the, you know, do you got any 24-year music teachers? Probably, yes. I bet. Um, all right. So we were talking about, you know, we started the show talking about teacher pay. Um, 12 teachers in the district spoke at the school board meeting last week and there were how many teachers and teacher supporters 175 who counted them well you know i so what i did was i counted (laughs) counted uh, a row yeah i I counted several rows and then just went okay and then i just extrapolated did you just based on the red shirts that they were all wearing is that how you did that this guy's not wearing a red shirt he's not here for us no actually all the teachers I, i know them yeah um, all right. So a lot of people showed up, uh, part of that, they, and they all, you know, 12 of them talked to the school board demanding, uh, d- demanding in one way or another, asking, however you want to put it, uh, for raises essentially. Um, one of them talked about how, oh, we're trying to do this referendum where we're going to consolidate schools and it's going to cost $194.7 million. Uh, what about a referendum for teacher pay? <laughs> Can we put that to referendum? But he argued that if we're going to do this, then why not that? Like if we're going to put in the money for the school, um, where do you stand on, on, on that argument? Well, you know, it's been really hard because over the years, what has happened is the state has created this real haves and have nots. And so we are a poorer district, not a wealthier district, right? Wherever that you know, divider is. Is that so surprising? The, it seems surprising to me that the lacrosse school district well, would be I mean, a poorer have, district. I think Jesse was on last week, and we have like 52% free and reduced meals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that that's what I'm talking about, right? 52% of our students qualify for free or reduced me- price meals. Yeah. So so I'm not talking about any particular person or the the infrastructure or anything like that. But what it comes down to is the state has pushed more and more of the funding onto the local districts. And so, like, our community has been very supportive. They have. Um, they've been very supportive of, of public education and lacrosse. Um, but that's, 
you know, that's one source of revenue is the, the referendum. You know, and, the, and then the other source is the local property taxes. Then the other source is the state funding, and then there's a little bit of federal funding. Right. Um, you know, but when we've been talking to the district, we've also been just talking about, like, you know, you can find efficiencies. That there are, are positions that are nice to have, but not necessary. And, you know, we talk about we've had declining enrollment, um, but new positions seem to be getting created and new folks being hired over the years. Mm-hmm. And... I not teaching positions. Um, a few of them are teaching positions. A okay. lot of them are not. Okay. And then a lot of them aren't into aren't in any nice category. You know, um, you and I were talking a little bit like when I say teacher, you think of the math teacher, the English teacher, but there's also the school psych and the social worker. They're in the teacher unit as well. Yeah. And they're educators, and and they have direct contact with students every day, all day. Um, but there are a lot of a lot of positions that have been created in the last few years that don't. And it's like, you know, I, maybe those positions are necessary, maybe not. Um, but your 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 budget plan has to allow for the fact that the cost of everything goes up. You know, um, the cost of rent goes up. The cost of gasoline goes up. Buses, and for the school district, things like busing right. goes up. And so you have to allow for that. And if you're not allowing for keeping up with inflation, I would say that that's not great fiscal management. Yeah, we might not see those positions uh, being hired, and then also because also because we're cons- we're consolidating or we're talking about yeah. consolidation. Well, we are consolidating in a way because there's there's probably or your classrooms are just getting ridiculously smaller, and we're keeping the same number of teachers. Well, you could certainly you know we've we talk about class size, and there are a lot of studies out there on class size. What I would say is at the high school level, I'm good. Just John Havlicek. I'm good with really up to about 30 kids in a class. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, um, it gets really, really crowded just because of how big my room is. Um, I have trouble, like, connecting with each kid. Well, whose name period. do you have to memorize? Do you give them all a Spanish name or do you just memorize their regular name? Uh, this year we did we did not do Spanish names. But, yes, no, next year we'll be back to doing Spanish names. Yep. We do Spanish names. Yeah, okay. So, so then you have to memorize. You kind of have to memorize <laughs> two different names. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, and you also then learn like when to call on this kid, when not to call on that kid, you know, is this kid really paying attention? Is this kid look like like he's not paying attention, but in fact he absolutely is, you know, all those things. So beyond 30, it gets really hard. Um, but up to 30, I'm good. What about like six? Is there a too small of a number? There, for me, there kind of is because so much of in my classroom is student to student interaction. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when you start getting, like, below 20, when you start getting numbers like 15, stuff like that, which happens every once in a while, but that's usually more of a scheduling issue, um, just like there were a bunch of conflicts. Um, below that number, for me personally, it gets to be hard because if a few kids that are, like, the, the conversation drivers, the ones who are kind of leading the show amongst their little groups and so forth, if those are the kids that aren't there, um, it gets hard for the other kids to then step up. Right. Because, well, again, they're only teenagers. Well, I'm just thinking, too, like an introverted kid, if there's only like yeah. 13 kids in a classroom, yeah. and the teacher could be really like overlording on it. Not yeah. that they are, but they're just like they're really into all. There's only 13 of you. I can really pay attention to what you're doing. Yes. And like, hey, I'm good. Like, you don't need to be like over my <laughs> shoulder. I've had um, just editing, uh, you know, part time journalist stories and, and trying to like. If we're on deadline here. We I need to watch you write this, and they're like, "No, you can't watch me write this. It's, yep. it's over." I had to do uh, for for Jen O'Brien in the Z Studio. Sesame Street was coming to the Lacrosse Center, oh, funny. 
And I'm not going to do it now because I just, I'd have to hear him. But like, I do an okay cookie monster. Okay. And so she's sitting next to me and I'm new at, at the station at this point. And she's like, I'm reading a promo for Sesame Street as Cookie Monster, and I'm drenched <laughs> in sweat and totally red because that's what happens when, when I have to do this stuff. And she's looking at and I'm like, and she goes, do you want me to like leave the room? And so, you, and I'm like, yes, absolutely. And then I can yeah. do this without, you know, you're yeah. looking at me, this stranger that I, I barely know. Um, all right, we're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple minutes left here with John Havlicek, Central High School teacher. Former teacher, union president. All right, just I asked Jesse this last week, and it sounds like maybe uh, the federal government is going to figure it out. But school lunch program, just the the idea that everyone in the school was able to get breakfast or lunch for free, no, yep. no ifs, ands, or buts about, no question about it. Uh, rich kids, poor kids, however you want to categorize that. Uh, no kids in my head are rich or poor because they're all kids, but uh, obviously their families are a little little better, well or well to do. Um, did you see a difference, like when that program started? Did you see a difference in your classroom? Uh, I I don't know if I saw a difference because I had new kids. That you know what I mean. Like yeah. I got a new group of kids. Um, I will say this: I saw a lot more kids taking advantage of that, mm-hmm. and I, I, not in a bad way. A lot more kids accessing that. Yeah. A lot more kids. I mean, you know. So I would tell my kids, like, look, you know, if you want to get breakfast and you got here late, like, grab it right away and just gobble it down real fast. Um, I'm not gonna like hassle you too much about you're two minutes late to my class or whatever because I know you got to get breakfast, and we know that this is an issue. I mean the the, the argument like like every family doesn't need to be eligible because some families are are yep. financially well off. My head is like, well, time is time, and everyone's getting up at seven yep. to leave at seven thirty, and parents are are doing the same thing. Most of the time, and then you know, or they're just lazy and they don't want to like cook breakfast. So yeah. the kid, you know, so the like the, the kid can just come to school and there it is. He can eat breakfast. I think I feel yes. like breakfast is almost more important. Yeah, and the thing is, is you know, the, this whole thing about people will take advantage of the system and da da da. Honestly, that's so offensive because all that is is the welfare queen argument from yeah. Ronald Reagan. That's all it is, and all the studies, all of them. No question have said that's a bunch of malarkey. Well, and then people will take advantage of, so the, well, who are the people? Well, children. And what are they taking advantage of? Eating food. Right. <laughs> like, we don't fun. want this kid to, to have something to eat. This is really what we're worried about. And it's pennies. It's such a small amount of money. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. In the big picture. Um, but it, but it, it would be nice to know the, that the federal government, you know, they let it expire. So it's yeah. kind of infuriating. Like, hey, you guys didn't do your homework here, and now you're cramming to get things done right yeah, before, uh, past the, the deadline. Like, how many how many kids have you had? Uh, oh, uh, well, they what do they call you? Profe. Profe, pro because they, they don't call you Mr. Havlicek, right? Um, I didn't get my, my homework done. Can I have a little extension? That's essentially what our federal government is doing on yeah. the school lunch program. Which uh, I think is is pretty far and clear that it's it was a success and we should have yes. continued it, kind of like the childcare thing and and everything else. Um, all right, well we got thirty seconds. I appreciate you coming on with me again. Um, I think this me. is like three weeks, eh, four weeks in a row that I've had you know school officials on. Do, when do we like twenty seconds? What do you think this teacher the contract negotiation will it get done? Is there a timeline? Well, I mean it'll get done. It'll just we don't know how it's going to be resolved at this point. Do you have the whole summer to figure yeah, it out? Yeah, one year we went into December. 
Oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's all the time I have. Thanks, everybody, for listening.